Binge Mode Star Wars is presented by State Farm. State Farm agents know that sometimes life throws everything at you at once. Like a fender bender when you're already late. When it comes to auto and home insurance, State Farm agents are there for you. Talk to one of our 19,000 State Farm agents via text, over the phone, in person, or using the State Farm app. Who needs a hologram? Find one today at statefarm.com. Today's show is also brought to you by the Google Assistant. The Google Assistant is ready to help you get more done with just your voice. In the car, at home, and everywhere you take your phone. When you're driving and want to listen to this podcast hands-free, just say, hey Google, play the latest episode of the Binge Mode podcast. All right, playing the latest episode of Binge Mode, Star Wars, Droids, a character study, Star Wars. Hey Google, pause podcast. A little help, hands-free. Just say, hey Google, to get started. I am concerned for my Padawan. He is not ready to be given this assignment on his own yet. The Council is confident in its decision, Obi-Wan. The podcast has exceptional skills. But Binge Mode still has much to learn, Master. There's adult content and spoilers. Yes, yes. A reality more and more common among podcasts. Too sure of themselves they are. Even the older, more experienced ones. And now, Binge Mode. From the moment I met you, all those years ago, not a day has gone by when I haven't thought of you. And now that I'm with you again, I'm in agony. The closer I get to you, the worse it gets. The thought of not being with you, I can't breathe. Welcome to Binge Mode Star Wars, mm. proudly a part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Woo! I'm Mallory Rubin, Editor-in-Chief of TheRinger.com. What a great website. Damn fine website. Joining me today, now that he's finished planning his wedding, to the dude who just confessed to murdering the men, the women, and the children, too. He's got a sensitive side, also. <laughs> it's a Ringer Senior Creative, your Jedi Master, Jason Concepcion. Mal, he killed them all. But he can't kill binge mode Star Wars, where we're exploring the Skywalker saga films and the anthology films and numerous other facets of a galaxy far, far away. From character studies and iconic Star Wars archetypes to discussions of the Mandalorian to chats about comics and merchant iconography and more, all leading up to the release of Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker on December 20th. Please make the journey to Lake Country with us. Mm. Mm. By subscribing to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and please rate and review us. Give us the five-star ratings, or you'll hear Anakin's declarations of love to Padme on a loop for the rest of time. This guy just falls head over heels <laughs> over one kiss. Like, literally nothing happens. And he's just like, I love you. Real first girlfriendship from Anakin. Incredible. Please also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at binge underscore mode, a.k.a. the underscore, and join our Facebook group, which is just for binge mode fans and which is an excellent place to submit questions for the next binge mode mailbag. 
And please head to theringer.com slash shop to check out our Binge Mode merch. Perfect for pit fights in Geonosis. Last time on Binge Mode, we presented our second character study on the droids of Star Wars. (laughs) Today, we're diving deep. Deep! Into another Ask the Underscore Star Wars mailbag. Once again, thank you for the bounty of wonderful questions. Wonderful. So many good ones. Delightful. As always, spoiler warning. We will be going deep. Deep. <laughs> Details from the entire mm. Star Wars saga to date. Taking official canon and legends, hashtag not canon, into account. So boot up your solar sailor. Hey, spoiler. Because it's time for Ask the Underscore. Number one. Yeah. At Backstroke Brook TX. Mm. Which Anakin Skywalker would you rather spend the day with? Boy, episode one. Teen. Watch it. I've got the handcuffs out. Just watch it. I've got him out. I'm just just putting him on the table. I've got him out. I'm not Yoda. Adult. Episodes four through six. Note, we're amending adult Anakin to also include episode three. Yeah, got to be. Teen is firmly episode two and adult is Again, I've got the, I've got the, (laughs) I've got the cuffs out there right here. You go first. What's your pick for this one? I'm going a young adult Anakin from Clone. This is a cheat. Okay. But the Clone Wars animated series version of Anakin is. So you're going between episodes two and three. He hasn't committed grievous acts of murder yet. I mean, he's slaughtered a village of Tusken Raiders. I, I, yes, it's true. But <laughs> that was his most, there was uh, circumstances involved in that one where it's like, I think I could plead him down to like <laughs> mass murder two, not mm-hmm. mass murder one. <laughs> the slaughter of the younglings yeah. and everything else is very He really is like a Self-defense on Shmi's behalf. As you have noted, while he is still a rogue and still kind of fighting against the strictures that Obi-Wan and the Jedi Council place on him, he's like a really good role model for Ahsoka Mm -hmm. and just a cool guy who you just, I watch that series and I'm like, man, what could have been if he hadn't gone bad? I feel the same way, except for his insistence on calling her snips. Other than that, I feel the same way. That was very tough. I agree. (laughs) But so that's my answer. Okay. And I think, you know, okay, so boy, obvious issues with the boy version of Anakin. Just a lot of issues. Mm Mm-hmm. I just feel so you're like just, you're not considering boy Anakin. Listen, I'm what a about gr- adult? Anakin? I'm a grown man. I can't say I'd love to spend time with a <laughs> with boy Anakin. <laughs> and I think those issues are also there with teen Anakin, who honestly would is just exhausting. I would be fucking exhausted by him. He's just f- so fucking annoying and needs to jack off like fifty times before he can like just. If I had to hang out with him, I'd be like, dude, just fucking go jack off because I can't even talk to you right now. Like, oh, you're putting too many restrictions on me and Padme is torturing my mind and I can't. It's like, dude, just go to the bathroom and just hang out there. And then he'd say, you're holding me back. No, I'm not holding you back. Go <laughs> fucking please just get out of here. You know, and then we get into the issues with the murder. So that's my, so, okay. so. I'm going to go with Clone Wars Anakin. What about adult Anakin? No consideration for you? Darth, I just feel like it would be, you know, there's like that kind of like dark allure. It Mm -hmm. would be fascinating. 
fascinating to like, what does he do all day? You know, just chill in the bacta. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It must be soothing on the burned limbs. Like it's it got to feel great. It must be. That said, you know, I it's not your vibe. Mustafar, the smell of brimstone does not appeal to me. <laughs> okay. It's too hot, like way too hot. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot to do there. And then the rest of the time, it's like, you know, Vader on his capital ship going to put down one rebellion after another and force strangle people. It's It'd be cool for a while, but after a while, I'd be like, you know what? Spirit of the question, though, it's only one day. And so for that Would you reason- you survive the day? Well, you know, okay. only one way to find out. You I'm going me. with adult Anakin. It is interesting. There's I'm an- lumping in episode three. I'm adding that to the question because adult Anakin in the question was stated as episodes four through six, but I think episode three Anakin has to be in there. And in part because episode three Anakin, best shape of his life. You know, when you're in spring training, you're right. in training camp, yeah. get all the best shape of his life stories about all the athletes. When we get Revenge of the Sith Anakin, before, of course, he starts melting and becomes Vader, you're like, whoa, my dude has been lifting. He's been lifting. He's been working He's in out. love. He's transformed in so many ways, though not in the ultimate ways right. that he soon will be. And then if you're going with the four through six adult Anakin, that means you get to spend the day with Vader. And despite all of the well-reasoned points you just made, I can't pass up the chance for history. You know, yeah. getting to witness that routine firsthand, I think, would just be so fascinating. I would love to spend a day on Mustafar. I would love to walk the hallowed halls of Fortress Vader. You know, let me take a dip in the back of the tank or at least maybe help you get back into your armor, sir, Lord Vader, if I can assist you after you take a cleansing dip. I'd love to visit the dark side locust in the Sith cave. Mm, yeah, that would be Beneath cool. the castle, that would be wonderful. Maybe I can go through the portal to the dark side. Well, this is, you know, back in time before he destroyed the portal, of course. Try to lure Padme back from the dead with Vader. Maybe help him out. Who knows what kind of visions of adult Luke or other things I would get to witness then. I just think it could be really okay. fun. Let's make it a little tighter focus. If you could hang out with Vader mm-hmm. for one day, what era Vader would you want to hang out with him? I would be like Empire Strikes Back Vader when he had kind of chilled out a little bit, you know, like A New Hope. He was much, it feels weird to say this, but he was a lot more fiery, mm-hmm. you know, like actually strangling a guy right. and holding him up and like raising his voice. And then by Empire, he very rarely raised his voice. Now it's all force chokes. <laughs> And, you know, kind of swirling around in his cape. Yeah. I, and something happened to chill him out. And I think that's when I'd want to spend a day with him. Like I mean. Just get, be on the Devastator for a day with. I'd with love Dark. to. I'd love to be with him on Bespin. Imagine mm. getting the chance to be in that strategy session with him. And he's like, wait, wait till you hear what I'm going to say to Luke. <laughs> just wait. Do you think he told <gasps> Wait till you else? hear what I'm going to drop on him. I mean, in this in this thought experiment, I think, mm. you know, you have a very special relationship as the person who gets to shadow him for a day. It's got to be Empire or Return of the Jedi. I don't want anything to do with New Hope Vader. Anything at all. And I, I just want to say for the record, I'm eliminating teen Anakin immediately. It's not a consideration for me. Not only a murderer, but a stalker with bad hair. Not interesting yeah. to me. And then for boy Anakin, sweet kid. <laughs> I think a, a day at the racetrack would be a lot of fun. Maybe I'd get to experience the delight of him looking at me and saying, are you an angel? Which I think and would be a nice ha- feeling. It really could happen. <laughs> That's got to feel great. You get to be around that 
fresh chosen one energy. Sure. But just a lot of time home with mom. I mean, they, you know, a lot of time talking about how he misses his mom. A lot of time building robots for his mom. Just not really the vibe I'm looking for. Yeah, I, I want to know more, more about the uh, <laughs> what kind of robot Shmi was asking for. <laughs> I mean, once once she eventually made her way to Lars, she didn't need a robot. Lars was like, "Oh my God, what is this? No woman has ever." <laughs> Maybe that's why the midichlorians were like. Even the midichlorians were like, "Jesus." drawn to her. Yeah. It's like, whoa. All right, number two. Nicola Hayward asks, which character do each of you think you identify most with and why? Yeah, let's hear. uh, This is great. Hmm. What do you have? This is a tough one. It's extremely tough. Because real talk, you run the risk with almost any answer here of coming off as being exceedingly arrogant. I agree. Oh, I think I really, you know, I see a lot of myself in... Luke or Anakin, like chosen one. You can't say that, right? I'm the prophesized hero. You got to eliminate all of those or you come off like an asshole. Okay. Unless you're really ready to kind of rationalize it. I'm going to go with the Lanai of Octo, the caretakers there to preserve and protect the Jedi Temple. They're mysterious. I like that air of mystery that appeals to me. What don't you know about these people? This mission, this intent, this devotion. I find that level of devotion and commitment really aspirational. You know, when I love something in my life, I love it fully. Yeah, that's true. Now, every now and then you have to contend with the rogue rocks or the blasters, like someone like Ray coming and really disrupting your routine. But I also, I feel that, you know, disruptions in the routine when you're trying to get through your day, that really speaks to me. I just love how fully you understand that they live their lives for the people and thing that they believe in. I'm really into that. What about you? I agree with your preamble about you just have to, you know, you can't be like, yeah, Luke, I'm gonna like, uh, mm-hmm. you know. In the end, I, I went with Jubnuck, <laughs> one of Jabba's Gamorrean guards. Okay. Not Borgullet? Borgullet! <laughs> The thing about Jubnuck and the Gamorians is like they're just trying to work, man. Mm-hmm. They're just out here. They see a lot of wild stuff, but they're just punching the time clock, just trying to like keep a steady head, trying to do their job as best they can. Jubnuck, you know, he's getting choked by Luke. He's trying to protect Jabba from the various threats that must arise on a regular basis. He, in order to protect Jabba bodily, runs up at Luke trying to like move Luke away from Jabba. And then what happens? He gets dropped into the Rancor pit along with Luke and gets eaten. And it's like, he's just a work a day guy just trying to do the right thing and ends up getting eaten. And apparently you might wonder what happened to Jubnuck after he was eaten by the Rancor. Mm -hmm. Apparently, according to Legends Canon. Kept podcasting. Jubnuck was cut out of the deceased Rancor's body when one of the trainers overheard Jubnuck sounds from his stomach. His armor softened the blows from the Rancor's teeth. And you heard it right. Jubnuck survived. Incredible. Being eaten by the Rancor. Listen, who knows in real canon if, if that is still the case, but that kind of just like going about your business and survived being eaten by a monster and it's all in a day's work. I respect that from my guy Jubnuck. So this is a, a, an elaborate 
allegory for the content minds, really. <laughs> it is. I You're just it. working. You're just putting in putting in the day's work. If you were to indulge sure. and say which main character oh, a main you character. saw yourself in, who would you pick? I have two that I would throw out. Okay. I would pick R2. Okay. Self-aggrandizing. <laughs> hard to understand. Unquestionably important. Maybe brilliant, but you have to question the source at times. Possibly an unreliable narrator. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What about you? That's incredible. I guess if we're going with you as R2, I'd have to say C-3PO always in a shadow. <laughs> First kidding. of all, it's like the, war- the warmth between the two. It's, it's it'd a be wonderful. special bond. It is a special a, bond. Oh, very special bond. I'm tempted to say Ray. Mm. Not because Ray is the main figure, but because, you know, Ray is trying to make it in the world, yeah. trying to find her place. A woman in a man's world. Yes. You know. Man's galaxy. Sports media. Hello. Jedi. What's up, Ray? I What's feel up? you, you know? Ray, loyal to the people in her life who have earned her trust and affection, willing to work tirelessly for the things that she believes in, occasionally falls under the spell of some sort of distracting force. Like Kylo's girdle has been there. Amazing. But at the end of the day, you can rely on Ray to stay true. Wonderful. I think that's very special. I, think I, I am not capable of the amount of physical exertion that Ray is capable of. I'd like to be Well, you don't have the force. You need the force coursing through your body. You need some midichlorian count. Yeah, well, you know, they say we all have it. It's just whether we care to- Care to exercise yeah. that. Care to exercise. Now, to be clear, I don't believe in exercise. You know, so I don't think I'd be a very adept force user. I guess the other one is Obi-Wan. I think that despite his exceptional skill, which he obviously possesses, he's something of an everyman among the Jedi. He's kind of there for you to project onto. You know, how would I act in a situation where I was proximate to great people and great things, but was never really the one it was all about. I think that's like a very relatable thing that all of us can probably find some way into processing and and relating to. And at the end of the day, he just decided to go kick it in the desert, (laughs) which I also really respect. Worked really hard. Tried to save a lot of of lives. Didn't work out. When it wasn't enough, he was like, I'm just going to Palm chi- Springs seems great. I'm going to chill <laughs> and just, you know, do my thing in the desert. Number three, at Jay Beresford uh-huh. underscore. Okay. If you could pick a lightsaber color, what color would you use? I just want to say that before you filled out your answer here, I had dropped a comment in predicting what you picked. It's, it's, and then I deleted it. But I, I feel so proud yeah. right now. <laughs> so proud well, right now. Should I just say what it is? Do it. The black, the dark saber. Incredible. Give me the dark saber, the fabled Mandalorian Amazing. lightsaber. Amazing. The ancient weapon that can it. only be passed on by defeating the owner of the dark saber. I love it. It's a little bit of an Elder One thing. I love it. And it's just like very much your vibe. Very much my vibe. And just like a statement piece, also. <laughs> First of all, you're wearing all black today. I am wearing all Pop black. A color I call the it the Isaac. I call it the Isaac Lee. The Darksaber is just super, super, super cool. So It is amazing. I'm hoping we get it in the movies. There's been some scuttlebutt that mm-hmm. we might see it at some point. You know, it's just 
an ancient Mandalorian weapon used by a Mandalorian Jedi, an exceedingly rare thing, Mm -hmm. like a thousand years old. It's just super cool and super rad. And a little, like, I like the fact that it's a little shorter than the other ones. Like, that's very much my vibe as well. (laughs) I just, I just love it. And it's just got a lot of, it's got a lot of swag to it. There's also the, the crystal apparently reacts to the mood and the emotions of its owner. Mm -hmm. I just like it a lot. I like it a lot. What about you? You also are always drawn to anything connected to Maul. Its relationship to Maul is very cool. Fighting Maul with it would be awesome. I am going to go with purple, obviously. It's perfect for you. Purple for the Ravens, purple for my sweet son, Lamar Jackson. First of all, obviously not as rare as Dark Saber, but purple lightsaber, still exceptionally rare, which would make me feel special, which would be nice. Also, it's associated with, as rare as it is, it's associated with some incredibly cool characters. Mace Windu, of course, we have already talked about. Sam Jackson just saying, I want you to invent a purple lightsaber for me so that I can find myself on screen. And then elsewhere in the expanding universe, Mara Jade and Jaina Solo both had purple lightsabers. Pretty cool company. Love that. Shouts to legends. Shouts, shouts, and shouts to the Solo twins. Could Jason and Jaina be foreshadowing for Ben and It is cool. Very cool spelling. Purple associated with an aggressive style, which, you know, that feels right, Uh (laughs) if I'm being honest and looking inward. I'm a little less comfortable with the association with moral ambiguity, you know, blue and red together, purple. Not really the vibe I want, but in in general, I really like it. My backup pick, the other one that I considered here, is white. Because if I had a white lightsaber, it would mean that I— like Ahsoka in Rebels, had healed a kyber crystal that had been previously had been bled, turned to the dark side, and then I had turned it back. I love that idea. That's so cool to think about. I was also tempted to say orange because of, you know, the Orioles and Syracuse, but we don't know enough of- really cool. Would be cool. We don't know enough about it. It's official canon now because of Jedi Fallen Order, the game. Looking forward to learning more about the traits of orange. That's a future consideration for me. Send us two review copies of Jedi Fallen Order. (laughs) Please, please. I've made my request over email, but I'm now begging (laughs) on a podcast. Oh my God. If you had to pick between the main colors. Blue or green. Blue or green or red, should you so indulge, what would you pick? You know, to be fair, I always gravitated to red Mm -hmm. before knowing what you had to do to the kyber crystal to get it to happen. And that just seems like not anything that I'd want to be involved in. Uh Um, So green. Yeah, green's my pick too. Yeah. You know, associated with the Jedi consulars, associated with yeah. wisdom, slightly less mainstream than the blue, which slightly is slightly less mainstream. Green's when, my favorite color. When Luke showed up with the green lightsaber, it was like, oh, Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That really pops. Yeah. All right, number four. Polar Barrett asks <laughs> What is your favorite meme born from Attack of the Clones? I mean, God, what a rich text. Now, the prequels in general are an incredibly rich text for memes, and I think we would probably agree that Phantom Menace and Revenge of the Sith actually both gave birth to the best prequel memes, but clones generated quite a bit of internet fodder. Do you yes. have any that are you're particularly I mean, partial like to? The I hate sand one. Yeah. Is, I don't like I sand. I don't like sand. It's coarse and irritating. It gets everywhere. What, what are we talking about? It's very, I don't like sand can, it's so 
multifaceted and functional on the internet. You know, any long list of, well, here's all these I, things that I love. And I, I don't like saying and I, and I also, like, I don't think this is a meme, but my heart is beating, hoping that kiss will not become a scar. You are in my very soul tormenting me. What can I do? I will do anything you ask. Yeah. That is pantheon level dialogue. It's exceptional. The thing that is so good about I don't the I don't like sand part is you can use the actual audio you can use the still shot the screenshots from that sequence are so funny yeah. his facial expressions as he's saying that and then the way the stalker creep smile and smirk starts to <laughs> yeah. set in as he shifts to describing soft and smooth things instead and the gif too wonderful a couple others from clones that I would throw out there when Yoda says begun the clone war has begun the blank war has very handy as an internet meme. Yes. You can slap that on basically anything. And then there are a couple others that are, I, in essence, political in nature, but ultimately versatile. You call this a diplomatic solution. Great. And, and then the 30 for 30 of, <laughs> what if of I told Attack you? of the Clones. <laughs> yes, exactly. What if I told you that the Republic was now under the control of a Dark Lord of the Sith? What if I told you that blank anything, basically? Yeah, it's amazing. Next. Number five. At Junebug25. Do you plan on covering the Tartakovsky cartoon series? Please do. Also, what are your top three Starship designs across all of Star Wars movies? First of all, let me say this about the Tartakovsky cartoon The answer is yes. Series. That's the best version of Mace Windu there is. Mace Windu- oh, incredible. Like, evaporates million droid armies by himself in that. It's amazing to watch. If you want to be like, oh, I get it. I get why everybody's so scared of the Jedi. I get why they were the galactic peacekeepers because they're unstoppable. Mm -hmm. You can't, they just get in the midst of an army and like wave their hands and like a thousand soldiers go flying 50 feet back. Yeah. Um, good Ventress in that too. Good Ventress. Get a little, nice little Ilum sequence. Shockingly violent. I'll just say oh, that yeah. also. Like a shockingly violent. Cartoons. Series. Yes. We will we will be talking about that when we do our Clone Wars episode. That will be part of it. Yeah. What about your ships, your top three starship designs? Okay, this is a great one. Obviously, myriad choices. So many choices. I went for deep cuts. Okay. So I did two lists, just a quick of basically the mains. Sure. Millennium Falcon, X-Wing, TIE Fighter. That's my top three for the mains. Just want to say for the record that those ships are great. Yeah, they're amazing. But my deep cut list is ready as well. Let's so let's it. do it. What's your number three? Let's count down. Well, I did it like large, medium, small. Okay. All right. So give us the progression. So here's my small. So number three is my small. Let's say I'm on the planet surface. I need to get around. Mm -hmm. 74Z speeder bike. Okay. As seen on Endor in uh, Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. I just think it's a classic design. Really cool. Probably a little too dangerous and bitching for me. Yeah. But- I mean, they- routinely explode when you crash into well, trees. They, but don't crash into trees sure. or get the front chopped off by a lightsaber. <laughs> I was going to go with Ray's kind of like workman-like pickup truck, like speeder that she built herself. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm going to go with the speeder bike just because I think it's really cool. I'm on the surface of the planet. I need to get around. I want to get around fast. So I'm going to go with the speeder bike. What about I you? Thought you were gonna, I thought you were going to pick the swoop bike, which you also love. I do like that. Three, I went with Snoke's Supremacy. It's amazing. Stunning ship. Little showy. You're really saying, Holdo, come at me. Yes. I mean, you're asking for it if you're flying around in that thing. But it is just majestic inside that throne room. 
Guess how large the crew was, according. Oh, I mean, had to be in the tens of thousands. Go higher. Hundreds of thousands? Higher. 2,225,000 personnel. That's too many. (laughs) You're flying around like Denmark. (laughs) (laughs) That's too many. That's ridiculous. But that's all I'm saying. Just be prepared for that. That's a lot of maintenance. I'm no longer interested. (laughs) I'm I'm much more partial to the succession season two, like, the yacht is just ready for me kind yeah, of experience, yeah. which I guess segues nicely into your next pick, actually. Well, listen, this is anybody who's been listening to this podcast, I think knows what I'm going to uh, do at number two. This is my I want to go from, you know, planetary system to planetary system in style. Uh huh. Dryden Voss's Kalevalin Star Yacht, the first light. Beautiful. It's got everything you need. It's beautiful. It's got like a trophy room up top with like a multi-level penthouse. You've got a entire like ballroom where you can have people come in and you can have a band playing and you can show people around, open bar. Open bar. <laughs> it's just a great, great yacht. I love the design of it. Yeah. You got a Sith holocron? Everything you need. Mandalorian armor? A variety of weapons up top. Like, let's go. I now, love it. Counterpoint. Sure. It's so flashy. So sexy, you run the risk of your lieutenant running off with it. That's fine. It's okay. I just think it's a great, <laughs> great ship with a lot of style. I and like I, it. And I would love to try. And it's like, and unlike, you know, the Executor or like Snoke's Supremacy or any of these gigantic mm-hmm. Star Destroyers, I'm not on a ship with like a million people. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, that's a a good point. All right. For my number two, I'm going with the almost the inverse of First Light. You've got style. You've got flash. I'm going bare bones here. I love it. Okay. Function, enthusiasm. I'm going with Twilight. Nice. I like this. In other words, Anakin and Ahsoka ship from the Clone Wars, a Carillion G9 rigger. It's definitely a piece of shit. Well, I mean, that's kind that's of like part of its story. That's kind of like the Corellian vibe, isn't it? Like pieces of shit that are great. Yes. When Anakin and Ahsoka first discover it, it's when they're tra- they're trying to escape from Teth. This is when they go there to rescue Stinky, aka Jabba's son, and they just need to escape. It's a ship that they find in enemy territory, and Anakin calls it a bucket of bolts. There's no, there's no enthusiasm there. It's just a practical portal to hopefully survival. But then to see the way that their affection for it grows, like when you realize oh, Anakin's still flying this thing long after that? And it becomes his ship. That connection between pilot and ship, really, they fostered that together in a way that just feels very organic and very special. I'm I'm just really partial to how that ship won them over. I think that means there's something really special about it. What's number one for you? Number one, I think, is one of the coolest ships in Star Wars history, point blank. Count Dooku's Punwarka 116, better known as the Solar Sailor. Love it. A little bit of a misnomer now. So what it does is it releases a sail Mm -hmm. that then captures not solar energy, though, some kind of energy that actually nobody knows what it is. It's an ancient ship. And it runs on 
some kind of energy that's flowing throughout the galaxy that people aren't actually aware of what it is. And it's just cool looking. Mm -hmm. You know, it looks like a little, like, I guess like a seed kind of riding behind this big golden sail. And it just looks really, really rad. It does look rad. I absolutely love it. There's a great shot of it in Attack of the Clones and you see the kind of like, you just see the sail unfurl and then the ship kind of like go away. It's great. I love the way it looks. I have two reasons why I didn't pick it because I considered it. Sure. One, too instantly associated with the person in it. So you're Dooku. Mm -hmm. The Jedi are always after you or you're Ventress. Sure. Open your incognito browser. That's true. You know, they're just always going to be able to spot you. And then my other note, (laughs) my other note is just, you know, we're talking about all these ships, all this firepower, all this force, all this functionality. And like, you're out there in basically a Nissan Leaf. Yeah, that's, I mean, sure. That's the only other thing. No shade at the (laughs) Nissan Leaf, but I've got a V8 engine. My thing is like, I'm not out here trying to, overthrow uh, the Galactic Republic or seed discord throughout the galaxy or get involved in this fight between the Sith and the Jedi or any of this. I just want to go across the galaxy in style (laughs) in a cool ship that people are going to be like, oh, that's a cool, look at that ship. So your argument is maybe it wasn't the right choice for Dooku, but it would be the right choice for you. I agree. That I respect. Well, I think it kind of was like a Dooku is a rich kid. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Dooku was a rich kid. It's a total trust Dooku fund. Dooku was a rich kid. Total trust it's fund an, pick from Dooku. It's an absolute <laughs> rich kid move from, from the Dukester. But I respect it, and I think it's a cool ship. I like it. My number one is the ghost. Oh, cool. Love the ghost. There's a Millennium Falcon-esque quality to the ghost, to the design and the overall feel of it. It's, it is a another Karelian ship, not the same line of ship as the Falcon. The Ghost, home to Chopper, my dude who we talked about on the droid character study. But the Ghost navigational computer and Chopper, they don't get along. I like this. The Ghost has personality. Why is it called the Ghost? It's fabled for its ability to scoot by Imperial forces undetected. You're out there. Everyone's like, oh, the solar sail that's Jason. They can't even fucking find me, okay? Aboard the ghost, I am just coasting to wherever I need to be unfucking detected. Also, sleeping quarters, it really is more than a ship. It's a home. It's it a is. home I mean, that's the Karelian. That's kind of like the Karelian trademark. Ugly ships that are great to fly and great to live in. It's beautiful. Yeah. Next, number six. Yes. Here we, this is, this is in, your, in your wheelhouse. <laughs> I... Selected this one immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Almost against my will, I found myself shipping Padme and Obi-Wan. Would a secret affair between the two have made the prequels more interesting? Or would the addition of another love story have made it even more insufferable? So glad you asked. I think it would have been a great move, first of all. I shipped this. Hard. Big time. Not Hard. only because like, okay, let's get some heat in this yeah. in these movies that can be, you know, the prequels when it seems like they're trying to create chemistry, they often fail at it. So let's give us another chance with an actor who is very charismatic. Oh, yeah. And it's an ad- additionally a great motivator to get Anakin 
even more disenchanted with the Jedi and with their purported dedication to their philosophy of disconnection. And it gives him another reason to be pissed, which I think would have been great. So I ship it. I am, however, of two minds on whether I actually think it would have been better for the story. Mm. On the one hand, part of the great tragedy of Anakin Skywalker's fall is that so much of what he thinks is happening isn't. Yeah. So much of what he fears is not based in reality. The fact that the chosen one, this prodigious talent, this person who should be able to have and achieve everything and anything, can be undone by the absolutely debilitating insecurities that so many other people always face. This is, yes. Is just a classic storytelling move and I think actually really an underratedly compelling part of his character. That said. Here we go. I definitely believe that strongly. Mm. That said, Ewan McGregor has sexual chemistry with like a block of wood. Listen, I think that, <laughs> I think that go on the Google.com machine. Oh, my God. And you will see that. Uh, listen, I think that that is that's the case in Ewan McGregor's <laughs> private life. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Uh, in retrospect, mm-hmm. then. Yeah. Almost weird that Anakin wasn't jealous about it. Well, he is in six. In you know, end. he's like, when he sees that Obi-Wan yes. is on the ship and followed her to Mustafar, but that could have been more fully developed and I think would have been, again, incredibly compelling. If you go online and, and Google Obi-Wan Padme, there is a robust, yeah. robust offering of internet scholarship theorizing that they were, in fact, having an affair. I mean, this isn't quite... Jar Jar is a Sith territory, but there is a lot of fire here. I, I like think it. it's probably something that we will revisit. But in terms of less whether we think it was happening and more whether we would have wanted it to. One thing that I think could have been interesting, this is sort of an alternate history. Yeah, I, after you say this, I want to pitch you how I would okay. how I would do it. Great. My I outline can't wait. for this. Don't kill Padme. Don't have her die in childbirth. I like it. Okay. So it's not that they were having an affair while Anakin was Anakin. Because again, this way you maintain the tragedy of him doubting something that was actually completely real, meaning yeah. Padme's devotion. I mean, she stuck with him when he fucking murdered younglings. She's like, you're still my guy. I'll follow you anywhere. Once he becomes Vader, mm. then have Obi-Wan and Padme hook up. Have him go over there for a little comfort. Maybe offer her a spot in the sand dunes of Tatooine. We know... How Anakin feels about sand. He's not going to be looking for them there, okay? Never found Luke Skywalker, despite him living in the old family home and carrying the last name Skywalker. Like a half mile from where Anakin (laughs) grew up. All right, pitch me your scenario. Here's how I would do it. Anakin, as his feelings for Padme are growing more intense, he's becoming more paranoid. The finding out about Paolo all these things just kind of ramp up, yeah. ramp up the tension to where he's like, you know, he's becoming controlling and creepy in a way mm-hmm. that's like disturbing. Becoming. And he, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I saw you talking to this person. I saw you talking to this one. But, but all the while, absolutely never suspects okay. Obi-Wan. Okay. Never. Okay. As this tension is coming to a 
Boyle, Padme looking for someone to confide in, says, Obi-Wan, I need to talk to you about the way Anakin's acting. Uh-huh. I'm literally me. leaning forward it's in scaring, my seat. <laughs> it's, I'm just concerned about it. You know, I'm, there's some red flags. It's scaring me a little bit. And Obi-Wan. The red flags were not him murdering people. Obi-Wan. He was asking about and, Paolo. Yes. Got it. Obi- well, Paolo <laughs> and other, seeing Padme in her okay. role as a senator. Sure. Talked, I noticed that you were leaning in uh-huh. when the senator from wherever mm-hmm. was talking to you. Yeah. Is there something going, that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> right. Okay. Obi-Wan will initially be like, you know, I don't want to get involved at all in this. Right. I will deal with it. But like, I guess, against my better judgment, what do you have to say? And through this process, they begin to grow closer together. And there'll be a lot of will they, won't they moments where it's like, you know, Anakin does something else. He kills the Tuscan villagers. And now it's like, Obi-Wan, I th- you're not going to believe what happened. And like, she breaks down and Obi-Wan has to hold her. Oh, and yeah. And now you're getting this, yeah. the juice happening. And then later she's like, hold me like you did in my apartment on Curacao. It's like the tension is building and building up. And all the while, Anakin is getting more paranoid, more jealous. And he now is confiding in Obi-Wan about not necessarily what exactly is going on because it's a secret relationship. But master, let's say I had a friend (laughs) who was having uh, this, you know, and and his, the person who he loved dearly was doing things that just drove him crazy. And, and every image of her was like a scar burning in his mind (laughs) And Obi-Wan is having to balance this now. And then- And Obi-Wan as just this, be like, attachment is forbidden. Move right, on. Move on. And as this all goes to a head, and as Anakin is seeing in every shadow, in every movement, these hints of people who are trying to steal Padme from him, but never his good friend and mentor, Obi-Wan, mm-hmm. at the final moment when he, on Mustafar- sees them together, he puts it together mm-hmm. and is like, ah, I've been so blind to this. Mm-hmm. And now I see why this is, I get it all now. <laughs> this has been going on behind my back this whole time. And now you add some real punch to that moment. Incredible. Does it change the dialogue? Most of it still fits. I hate you. Yeah, certainly yeah. still fits. And then Obi-Wan, what would he shout instead of, you're my brother? He'd be like, <laughs> Listen, she I didn't. A good way, he'd go, he'd, man. No, I think he'd say something like, "I loved her." Hey, dude, I we did. It was an accident. <laughs> we didn't mean for it to happen. She came to me, just wanted to talk about stuff. We were just talking, but you know how it is with her. She's just like really attractive, man. I'm sorry. Don't try it. I have the high ground, and yes. That's the name for my favorite sexual position with Padme. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Two things. One, yeah. just to state for the record yeah. that we are talking about the adult Padme here. Not the 14-year-old Padme we Again. first meet in these movies. Just the, feel, cuffs, the cuffs are on the table. I to state that for the record, given some of the problems in these films. And I have two pairs of cuffs because Yoda is already in the first <laughs> pair of cuffs. <laughs> Queen Julia's in the second. Yeah. Two, I'm highly amused by a comp that I see developing here. Sure. Which is, you're really painting Padme 
in much the same light as Hermione with her Quidditch player obsession. Oh, wow. Padme only goes for the really talented Jedi, you know? <laughs> Just has a taste for the the sword swingers. Well, I got to say, like, she's, you know, Padme, the really good Quidditch players. Padme and Hermione both, they can, um, <gasps> they can pull top level talent. <laughs> High ceiling with both of them. Incredible. Yeah. Return we will. After word from sponsors. Binge Mode Star Wars is presented by State Farm. State Farm agents know that sometimes life throws everything at you at once. Oh boy, does it. Like a fender bender. You're already late. When it comes to auto and home insurance, State Farm agents are there for you. Talk to one of our 19,000 State Farm agents via text. Over the phone, in person, or using the State Farm app. 19,000, that's more people than we're at the pit in Geonosis. Find one today at statefarm.com. And now back to binge mode. Number seven. Mike Janella. Last Ask the Underscore, you rank the top five characters you'd want to carry out a mission. Who are the last five you'd want? Let's wow. do this again Incredible where we go question. five for five. Mike Janella shouts to Syracuse, fellow Daily Orange alum here. Wow. What's up? Okay. First person who I can absolutely never have. Yes. Never have. Sure. On my mission crew. Yeah. Is General Grievous. It's a great pick. I can't argue with it. First of all, too fucking loud. Okay. Talking all the time. And just clanking every yes, step clank, he clank, takes. Clank. It's clank, 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 clank. Can you like, put a zip tie around some of those lightsabers? Jesus, why is it they got to clank across your hips put all the time? Put on a pair of boots or slippers Something, to muffle the sound of your claws, your metal claws as they hit the ground. We're on a mission. We need Weirdo. to be able to maintain some level of stealth, and you are giving away our position. Also, yeah. way too greedy. You know, collect constantly <sighs> collecting the lightsabers the from the Jedi that he yes. kills or defeats. Like, I need people on my crew who are selfless and who are focused on the task, not on literally filling their coffers with some sort of personal gain. Does he have a great tactical mind? He does. Is he a strategic genius? Yes. But you know what? That's a threat to me. I agree. I'm I like a leader. It. Wow. Who's your first no-no? My first no-no, <laughs> Dr. Cornelius Evazon. Oh, incredible pick. <laughs> who, with his partner Panda Baba and the cantina yeah. on Tatooine, I love this started shit with a young Luke Skywalker and fucking got cut up Amazing. by Obi-Wan. Amazing pick. And as we saw in Rogue One, the guy just has no chill. Here's the other thing. Yes, he's a doctor. <laughs> Yeah. <gasps> yeah, you got yes, medical a, droids. A, which is important. But yes, number one, we have medical droids. Number two, known throughout the galaxy for running cruel medical experiments mm -hmm. on living beings. I'm out. <laughs> out, out, out. Not only that, I, I just like Grievous, like I need someone more chill. Dude, calm down. Smoke a joint. You were way too volatile. You're starting fights with everyone around who just, people who just look at you. You don't like the look of somebody and all of a sudden you want to start a fight. Speaking of people I don't like the look of, this guy's fucking ugly. He's disgusting. 
he's tough to look at. I didn't want to go there with him because like, you know, I don't want to shame him. Like, I don't know what happened. And, but just as a person, his essence is not pleasant to be around is revolting to me. Great one. All right. Next. next. Yeah. Django fed. Allow me to explain. Okay. Controversial pick perhaps because Django is such a gifted person. Soldier. Went toe-to-toe with a Jedi. Mission executor yeah. that they cloned him and made an entire galactic army in his image. I understand that. However, I'm not just thinking about DNA here. I'm thinking about the DNA of my team, Jason. Yeah, I like and that. And he murdered Zam, his partner and maybe lover, which means that he's not loyal. I need loyal people on my crew. No thank you to this fucking Self-preservation above all, turn cloak. I don't have the time for that in my life. Out on Django. I like it. Next. I think that's a good move. No mercenaries in general. Mm -hmm. Number four, I don't need any droid soldiers whatsoever in my crew. Okay. That's no droid foot soldiers, no B1s, no B2s, no Mm -hmm. droidicas. They, first of all, as we've seen, taken down by a literal child. (laughs) (laughs) How good, how good can they be? Yeah. A nine-year-old took down an entire note. army. Pressed by one button. Un, like, just <laughs> rebooted the router and everything fell apart. They're bad. Yeah. They're not good. You maybe could brute force, like, an engagement with them by having, like, five million of them. But they're just not worth the money. I don't want them around. They don't think they're terrible. Get them out of here. I hate them. They hated them. <laughs> we all hated them. And then they're talking too. Yes, Man, yeah. they just shut up. I like that. You're pick. bad at your jobs. That's a good one. Number three for me. This is a great pick. Zero the hut. Get. Keep him away from Snitch me. Snitch hut. And my crew. Yes, exactly. Snitch this fucker turned on family. If he turned on family, what would he do to his, basically his colleagues? He facilitated, he synced up with Dooku to facilitate the capture of his nephew, Jabba's son, sweet little Stinky. You cannot trust him. And more so than even that, he's just a nightmare to be around. I agree. So annoying. Got the whiny voice, doesn't want to go to prison, is worried about the (laughs) vessel you're going to rescue him from prison in. On and on and on he goes. It's always one complaint or another from zero. No, thank you. What about you? I love it. Number three for me, Orson Krennic. Oh, this is a great pick. From Rogue One. It's the classic like failing upward guy. Mm -hmm. What has he done ever to be in the position (laughs) he's in? What the fuck has he done? Managed kind of the Death Star project. First of all, he didn't do any of that stuff. Like he's not the brains behind the operation. He like took a brilliant scientist hostage and made him do that. And then, and then was not even like micromanaging enough with his hostages. You've taken a brilliant scientist hostage and you're forcing him to build Mm -hmm. this mecha weapon. Yeah. Maybe keep an eye on his communications. Extremely careless. Maybe. What do you think? He's doing this under duress and you know it. And you're just going to be like, yeah, I'm out doing other stuff. I'm not, I'm just going to let him send emails, communicate (laughs) with people, talk to pilots, and I'm not going to pay attention to what he's doing. I don't say this lightly. It's 
Chuck Rhodes from Billions level <laughs> level hubris. Okay, <laughs> it really is. It's unbelievable. Critic. <laughs> then he has the has the fucking balls yeah. to get in the presence of Darth Vader and be like, "So I'm still like in control of the Death Star, right?" <laughs> Are you serious, dude? You've like you've allowed a unbelievably careless security violation to happen under your watch. And you're like, am I, do I still got the job? (laughs) And then while you're on Scarif, the rebels infiltrate and basically take down the facility while you're there. It's just like a series of bad looks. You're bad at your job. I don't know why you're even allowed to have like a cadre of death troopers as your personal bodyguard. You suck. You're Bad. Very tough look for my He's guy, Orson incredibly Krennic. incompetent. <laughs> and the fact that, like, Grand Moff Tarkin, like, had to, like, he's like, I consider myself a rival of Tarkin? No, dude, oh, you're not. On. I mean, very, very reminiscent of today, Jamal Adams, who's a great player. A yeah. great player. B- a great player. Yeah. Being like, well, the Rams don't take calls on Aaron Donald and the <laughs> Patriots don't take calls on Tom Brady. You're not Tom Brady. Yes, you're not. <laughs> Kind of, you're not. You're a middle manager who somehow got promoted, and like, a, you're bad. At least he was never like. You should have seen what I got up to on Bloodline. <laughs> Number two for me. You already had this pick. The B1 battle droid, yeah, in particular, I want as far away from anything I'm trying to achieve as possible. Get me as many parsecs away from these as we as we can. They go down like suckers. They do. Yeah, they do. It's not their fault. It's how they were designed. It's yeah. how they're they're deployed. But the Jedi cut through them like hot knives through a soft pad of butter, yes. a spoon into a jello mold, Anakin's tears through grains of sand, whatever cop yes. you want to make. They're totally focused on conformity. That's Too right. much groupthink. Even though this is a team mission, I still need a little bit of skill and spunk. Thank you. I need a little improvisational flair. Yes. Improvisational spirit. Exactly. And like you already said, stop shouting out your position. (laughs) Like, what what are you doing? Yes, they're about to deactivate the bridge, but also now they know you're on it. Right. You know? Why don't you do something about it? Unbelievable. Number two, outside of the Bach picks. I think this is going to- This is going to- This is a hot, the hottest take. You're coming in extremely hot with this one. First, let me explain it. You're coming like the lava flows of Mustafar with this one. Number two, Yoda. <laughs> Here's my take. Okay? Oh my God. First of all, oh God. I'm the leader of this mission. Yeah. If I have Yoda on my team, Yoda has to be the leader of the mission, right? Well, he, he, he has to be. What, what if? He's going to expect to be. Maybe Yoda he's just going to want you to give him a piggyback ride the whole time. Yeah, I don't want those claws in my shoulders all the time. <laughs> If I have him on my team, he's going to want to control the team. He's going to want to be the the main person. And if he's the main person, listen, I have a lot of respect for Yoda and what he's done over the course of his career. (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) Okay? Okay. Which is long. Vast. But again, I think he's lost a step a little bit. He's lost a step. He's still meditating on things that it happened a long time ago. That's part, that is a good point. Every time you give him an order, he's going to say meditate on he's this. Gonna, I got to think about this. For how long? 10 years? 15 years? You going to think about it? Right? Now, if yeah. we're talking about like Yoda, like in the field commanding clone troopers, mm-hmm. 
okay, maybe, but we all know that he's not going to be happy with that role. It's like, this is what's keeping Carmelo out of the league. You know what I mean? If Melo could just accept his role and people could be secure in the fact that Melo would accept his role, they'd be like, oh yeah, we'll take it. Absolutely, Melo for vet minimum or whatever. Come on and, and hit shots. Will Yoda just accept a role? He won't. And therefore, I have to say, Yoda, my guy, it's a no for me, dog. <laughs> I find that case convincing. Thank I you. do. Yoda really needs to be, for a mission crew, he needs to be the get-back coach. Yeah. That's what you need him there for, to acknowledge that you might need someone to put a check on your power. But yeah. if you don't want that, he can't be anywhere near you. Just before we give our number ones, which, spoiler alert, are the same, gonna, as a quick little bonus, read another question that we got here because it's very apt. From Joseph Tiger, agree or disagree? <laughs> If Yoda can do all that acrobatic shit when he is 877, his bum ass shouldn't be using Luke as an Uber when he's 899. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's incredible. I'll, I'll just kind of say this. Oh I do God. think that, listen, I think that his immense failure to suss out Darth Sidious to see the purge of the Jedi coming. Yeah. It's a terrible indictment. I think it took a lot out of him physically. Mm -hmm. That's all I'll say. But yeah, <laughs> okay. he's a fucking bum. Yoda, like, by Empire, was a fucking bum. <laughs> oh and God. I say that with the, with the, utmost, with the utmost respect for what he's accomplished <laughs> throughout his career. Of course. All right, number one. We both have it. Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, I mean, come on. Listen, no, we love Jar Jar. No shade at our dude. We've devoted a lot of time to trying to better understand. There's a lot of reasons for you can't have him. It is malpractice, frankly, to even consider it. It's He's like, a hazard to himself and others. Yeah, he would just blow up your ship. You know, Literally. Like, like, he drops a crane on Padme's ship on yeah. one of their missions. It's, I'd turn around and there he is like bobbling a grenade. With yes! <laughs> like, come on, man! Yes! It's too risky. It's too risky. He... Yeah. And again... It wouldn't be his intention. He'd it's not his fault. Help. He'd be as committed to helping. It's not necessarily his fault. As anyone, as determined as anyone, as right. fiercely committed as anyone, but the best laid plans, you know? Yeah. The best laid plans often end up under a bomb that Jar Jar inadvertently landed on with his nuts and that's, while and straddling that's, a tank. And that's leaving aside just the intense naivete and gullibility of Jar Jar. Right. You know, you, I mean, he you, goes to treat with the enemy and all of a sudden he'd be like, he's, I, got, I got a good news. They asked for our battle <laughs> plan. Uh, yeah, and I gave it to him, and we're friends now. It's like, no, come on. No. Number eight. Gabrielle Harmon. Oh, my God. Asks, I like that you guys mentioned that placing Luke with family was probably not the best hiding place. How about not naming him Skywalker? What could have been a better name for orphan Luke living with Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru? This is a great question. This is something we're going to return to heavily in the original trilogy podcast. Uh, you go first because I have like a kind of a counter answer. So I think that one thing we have to say is that obviously the name Skywalker is the key to the entire thing. It is the key that unlocks yes. Luke's identity. It is the bridge across the entire saga that unites all of these films and all of these stories. So he has to be named Skywalker. Yes. I want to say that. However, to indulge in this thought experiment, maybe it's something that he could discover in time and that before he knew it, he could be living under an alias for his own protection, much like, of course, Leia, Organa, 
who took on the name of the family that raised her. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So the most basic suggestion would just be that he should take on the name Lars as he is being raised in the Lars home. Why not? I like it. Maybe something, you know, often traditions center around naming conventions that are anchored to professions. You know, how about Luke Moist? Luke Moist. <laughs> for the moisture farmers? Luke Moist. What about that? <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, we know his fondness. This will be true for his entire life in, yeah. in Last Jedi when he's taken the, the fresh milk right from the teat, presumably as a young baby, as a young tot. He also displayed a similar affection for latching on. Yeah. And guzzling <laughs> Robin Aaron style. So maybe something there, maybe something about milk, you know, Luke, Luke blue or Luke calcium. I don't Luke know. Calcium. <laughs> what do you think? Luke teat muncher. <laughs> Luke nip. Luke, not an ass man. Oh man. Now here is my counter to this. Okay. As a, number one, it, while it seems slapdash, uh-huh. It did work, and it raises an interesting issue, which is that, like, as we've noted in the past, IDs and IDing particular people mm-hmm. is not really a high priority throughout the galaxy. Right. That's number one. You know, as we noted, Obi-Wan was about to receive 200,000 clone soldiers <laughs> sight unseen. <laughs> Yeah. Because the Kaminoans were like, here's a guy in a robe. You're, you're in a frown robe. Here you go. <laughs> There's just not a lot of it. Yeah. There's not a lot of IDing. People don't check it. And even when they do have IDs, there's not a lot of stock put in it. People don't ask for it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But sure. it's too much all at once. The I name agree. and yeah. the place. The well, family home. Tatooine. Well, this brings me Skywalker. to my second. This brings okay. me to my second. All right. Leaving aside the obvious, like, Darth Vader, why wouldn't Darth Vader check there? Let's uh, leave that aside for a moment. You could make the case that maybe the Skywalker name Mm -hmm. was not super famous. Like, the Jedi were not, they weren't out here really publicizing the things they were doing. And I think we could make the case that because events from the semi-recent past are kind of, like, not common knowledge throughout the galaxy that there is not really a intergalactic media publicizing the things that are going on and publicizing the feats of various Jedi. I think they move, they move in secrecy. So I think you can make the case that keeping him under the Skywalker name, the Skywalker would not raise alarms out in the outer rim or maybe even that many places in the galaxy. The galaxy is huge. That's interesting. I would counter that Anakin Skywalker was extraordinarily famous to the extent that it was possible to be extraordinarily famous. Now, there's a whole other question about how many people really knew who Vader was, but you're still ultimately making the connection to Anakin. Yeah. General Skywalker. General Skywalker in the Clone Wars. I mean, if there is a name that's going to potentially have any mass recognition— that's high on the list. Uh, high on the list. And you're putting him back in a place where it's maybe the most likely. You know, you have A, an entire local lore built around the fact that Anakin Skywalker returned there and slaughtered true. an entire village. True. Okay. Watto, 
always out there like, oh, did you hear about Annie? I mean, how many times has Sebulba told stories at the pub about Annie Skywalker? I don't know. If you were going to suggest a name, would do you have one that you think would be a, a better? Anything else. Literally anything else. Yeah. Like just Luke is fine, but like I would change both names. Luke Lars has a ring to it, I guess. You know, like just call him Luke. He doesn't need to be called Skywalker and, and wonder about it. But again, current events is not like a top priority throughout the galaxy. Mm-hmm. It seems like a lot of information is lacking. And I also think, despite the fact that these ships can move faster than light speed and travel across vast distances is rather a regular occurrence, it does seem that, you know, like, News is extremely local mm-hmm. in this world. Like, you would know what's going on on your planet, but in other planets, it's like, ah, that's 12 million light years away. I don't have time for that. Number nine. Yeah. Sean Hooper, you did NFL QBs as pod racers. What about players as Jedi? Which NBA player <laughs> would have the highest mini count? I think this is easy. Okay. Honestly. And I think we both have this mm-hmm. one, which is LeBron. The cho- Literally the chosen one. The chosen one. Literally a nickname, has been famous for playing basketball since he was a teen, Mm -hmm. was years before he went pro, considered one of the best basketball players alive. Sports Illustrated cover as a prep. Sports Illustrated cover as a prep. Galleon definitely scouting him from the moment he hit the AAU circuit. Very second. And then when you read, when you go back and look at those articles, they all have one thing in common, which is they note his uncanny vision and passing ability. Mm-hmm. It's not that he could score. That's right. Incredibly athletic frame, obviously, could go to the rim at will. What every article from that era talked about was like, man, this kid's passing is unbelievable. Uses and the I think force. Using the force. So for me, it's LeBron. That's a great one. Yeah. I agree. I would just throw out as one alternative, should we want to broaden the consideration set? Listen, Will Chamberlain, 20,000 women, 20,000 midi count. I'll leave it at that. Somebody out there, please Photoshop us a picture of Anakin Skywalker like Wilt holding up a piece of paper that says 20,000 on it. Please. Number 10. Michael Goldpine asks, you can make three, but only three changes to episode one and two. Plot, casting, dialogue. To close the gap with the rest of Star Wars, Mm. what changes do you make? All right, you go first. What are your three fixes? Sure. Number one, shoot more real stuff with real practical effects and less total CGI. I still have CGI, but like make it a little bit warmer. I would age up Anakin so he's a hot teen right off the bat. (laughs) Like... I don't know who I'd cast, but I'd I'd look for an older actor. I'd make Mm -hmm. it more, have there be an age parody there. So there's some, you can have some sparks right away and have that leap off the screen. Would you also, as part of starting with Teen Anakin, would you show more of his training in the primary films? Totally. And now when it's like, he's too old. Yeah, I get it. Right. He's a teen. Now let's say cast Hayden Christensen right off the bat. Okay. Let Hayden and Natalie Portman cook, i.e., mm-hmm. I would let them improvise more. Let's get that natural, mm-hmm. like let them develop a chemistry on their own. And back to number one, let them do it in real sets. Not, you know, a lot of the the kind of undercurrent of their commentary in episode two is like, we were just in this green room with right. green people, and like, you know, I was looking at a ping pong ball and mm-hmm. we had to do this. No. Put them in an, a real room, a real set, and right. just let them go. 
I'm haunted by the sets you should never have built for yeah. me. And then uh, number three, I would steer harder into the Jedi corruption and ineffectuality. Yeah. It comes off a little bit. It's pretty overt, but I would make it even more overt. I would make it very, very obvious that the Jedi are falling apart and are not able to do their jobs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what about you? I have a similar list. Number one, got to fix the Anakin Padme dialogue and chemistry. Tough. It's imperative. Almost no other change matters if that (laughs) remains unresolved. I think that amending the actual script in their scenes is probably the most important step because I think that while the performances from Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman in this film in particular are obviously lacking in a certain natural flair and charisma— As we've said many times, it's hard to imagine anyone really making that dialogue work. And so I think they're almost slightly, at least, unfairly maligned because of the material. So like you said, give them something else to work with. Number two, I also had a Jedi thing. I kind of went the other way with it, but I I like your case, too. It's either or. It's either or. Make them them less moronic. Like, keep them flawed. I think, you know— as we have said, and we'll continue to talk about, the fact that the Jedi are flawed, that they are not infallible, not perfect, is— Awesome. Yes. That is so compelling. But don't make them fools. Right. Don't make them so easy to mock and ridicule. You need to be able to respect them. And real empathy and sympathy comes from wanting to be able to root for them fully and feeling so completely torn up when they fail, not just sitting there saying, are you guys fucking morons? I I totally agree that it's either got to be they're much better at their job or much worse at it. They should be tortured about the fact yes. that they're missing these yes. things. Tortured. Yes. Then number three, I would boost the screen time great. for great Maul and Dooku. Great one. Obviously, I'll take all the palpy that you're willing to give me so we yeah. can make it boost the screen time for the villains full stop. But, you know, we barely get any Maul in yeah. Phantom Menace. Why are we treating him like Jaws? <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like- yes. You know, you're getting just a peak of the spikes yeah. or the stripes and— I just would have loved to actually feel that presence a little bit more. And then Dooku is so deliciously fun. And yeah. seeing seeing Dooku roam free in Clone Wars as an animated figure is delightful. But I just would have loved to get a little bit more time. I think some of the other things that you could throw out here, like nixing the Trade Federation, maybe doing some recasting, also yeah. worth considering. But that's my top three. Like Next, it. number 11. Dakota Moyer. Which is a more inept organization, the Jedi Order or the Ministry of Magic? I think that's an incredible question. Why don't you go first? I think that this is, on the surface, an incredibly tough call. But the more you think about it, the more you realize that it's clearly the Jedi. 100% agree. Because the Ministry of Magic's flaws, while very present and debilitating and nearly cost wizarding civilization and civilization at large. Yes they're linked directly to specific administrations. Yes. So it's really like, that was on my dude, Corn Fudge. That's it. That's on you, Corn. That's it. Scrimgeour, hearts of the right place, techniques, flawed. Now, of course, that then leads to institutional rot. Yes, the whole thing. Of course. It's rotten from within, and it is susceptible to infiltration and corruption because of that. However, the difference is ultimately that the flaws with the Jedi are ingrained in the inherent yeah. premise of it's what a, the Jedi are. It's a philosophical yes. problem. The entire exercise is flawed. Yes. And that proof is in the pudding in the sense that 
What is if forbidden? it was so good, why do these Jedi keep leaving and going over to the dark side and keep being so dissatisfied with the tenets of the organization? Why have you had multiple destructive wars throughout the millennia? Why? Why do you keep getting wiped out? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Learn your lessons. Congrats, Corn Fudge. You finally beat someone. Yes. Number 12. Jeff Gavier? Gavier? Not sure. Yeah. Jeff asks, assume for the moment that they all still have living parents. This is a sad way to start a question. Which angsty chosen one? <laughs> Love an angsty chosen one. Which angsty chosen one causes their parents to lose their minds first in dealing with the sullen angst? Order of the Phoenix, Harry Potter, Attack of the Clones, Anakin, or newly sent to the wall, Jon Snow. It's an angst off. I like it. This is fun. I think there's a clear pecking order Are you here. going in, so... I agree with your order. Are you going from most angsty, yes. most annoying to least? Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree. It's Anakin. Yes, number one. He's talking- By a mile. By a fucking <laughs> mile. This guy's on the edge. He's screaming at you about how he doesn't- You're holding me back! <laughs> to the point where you're like, are you Jealous. okay? Are you okay, man? He was not okay. He's not okay because he went out and committed various mass murders <laughs> soon afterward. <laughs> Yeah. Harry, distant second, because Order of the Phoenix, Harry is very angsty, but, but as we've talked about many times, well-earned. Well-earned, rebelli rebellious, but like, I get it. Yes. Like, I know what you're going through and it's tough and that's fine. You're still annoying, but I get it. Absolutely. More understanding yes. housemates than the Dursleys would have. The only thing is his hygiene is bad. It's bad, and also he yells at Ron and Hermione a lot. He's he's, the thing that would ultimately gall the people in Harry's life who loved him is that he's redirecting and misdirecting the angst and anger toward the people who don't deserve it. It's like, go talk it out with Dumbledore, you know? Yeah. John is a distant, distant. John, John is just sad. He just wants love. He's lonely. You. John, while angsty, John's just absolutely will do whatever you want. If you are John's parent, he oh fucking God. will ride or die Worship you. Worships. Like, will absolutely quote everything you ever said <laughs> after you are gone. Now, We'll listen to whatever you, John, three, go out and do this. Okay. All three of these boys love their parents, though. All of them. My father used to say, you can never trust what James Dolan will do with the Knicks. <laughs> and that's what, that's what John, my son, would do. He would just say shit like that. The other thing is, John has ghost who keeps him anchored, yes. keeps him measured, yeah. even keeled. Yeah. Next, 13. Rob Obadoza. I've always wanted to see two of my favorites from the Clone Wars, Ahsoka Adventurous, in the Star Wars film universe. Who would you choose to play the live-action version of them or any of your other favorites from the Clone Wars? This is great. Oh, great question. Okay. I am mad at your Ahsoka. Why don't you just say who you would pick <laughs> to do Ahsoka? Because I think that it is so right. Thanks. I had to pick someone else because yours is so perfect. Thanks, man. It's got to be Zoe Kravitz. It's perfect. She is Ahsoka. It's perfect. Is she too sexy to be in a Star Wars movie? Absolutely not. <laughs> She's the exact perfect amount of sexy for literally any scenario. Sexiest person alive, Zoe Kravitz. Here's the thing. Ahsoka contains multitudes, and so does Zoe Kravitz. Anybody who's portraying Ahsoka yeah. needs to be spunky, but you need to be able to trust that they're going to get it done. There has to be the kind of energy and essence that makes you want to be close to this person, yeah. but also something that every now and then leads you to say, whoa. Whoa. And you definitely you would say. Firecracker, right? 
physical, but also intellectual. Yeah. Sensual. Yeah. And I want to be clear here. Ahsoka is a child in Clone Wars, but grows up in Rebels. Yes, exactly. Okay, just again, once again, for the third time somehow on this podcast, need to clarify. <laughs> she's we're talking teen- about an adult. You're a teenager. Still. I'm just... Zoe would wield the shit yeah, out of would. the two lightsabers. The Shodo. She can absolutely purify my lightsaber. <laughs> Anytime. She'd be perfect. Yeah. I was kind of like, maybe Claudia Kim, who played Nagini in the Fantastic Beasts. That's good. Was also in Age of Ultron. But like, Zoe Kravitz is perfect. Ventress. I like your pick for Ventress a lot. Ventress, Rooney Mara. Hell yeah. First of all, she'll shave her head immediately for the role. Immediately shave her head. (laughs) Already has that very kind of pallid, Mm -hmm. but fearsome kind of like energy. This is a great pick. Angular and lanky. Mm -hmm. Like she has that kind of like offbeat something about her. Dark, a dark energy, but also something really magnetic about the way she looks. Really fearsome. The thing Um, with Ventress is you need to be able to buy her as a feared Yes. Elite assassin, but also by that she's kind of routinely letting Dooku down. And yeah. I think Rooney Mara would nail that. Nail it. What about I, you? I love that pick. I was thinking either ScarJo or Charlize <laughs> Now, those are extraordinarily famous people who wouldn't necessarily be interested in this role, but it's not impossible. Why not? This is a fantasy. ScarJo's out there making Marvel stories, right? Yeah. You got Black Widow. Why not Ventress? Again, you need someone who can bring the physicality to the role, a little bit of a powerful sexual energy. Ventress yeah. and Obi-Wan have this fun- Yeah, they have a really fun- Animosity, like, mass Why don't you guys fuck already oh, kind of totally. like energy between totally. them? It's like, guys, stop trying to kill each other with lightsabers and just, just go fuck. fuck. Is this where we talk about- how I have a crush on cartoon Obi-Wan from Global. <laughs> I think you mentioned it before. <laughs> I've definitely mentioned it to you and Isaac before. Yeah. Next. Yes. Number 14. Derek Hayes asks, what Game of Thrones character would you drop into the Star Wars saga to suss out Palpy's plan and or match wits with him? The last part of this question is really mean. Would they put Yoda in a nursing home? Let's answer the first part of it. I think we have the same answers here. I'm going to go Tywin. It's got to be Tywin. Tywin seasons one through four. Mm-hmm. Well, is, he does get killed on the shitter in four. Up until that moment. <laughs> season three, going, Tywin. Season three, Tywin is like peak. the Red Wedding. Is, is peak. He, he dominates the show with a pen sitting down at his desk. Would he figure out you know what, that though? Palpy was behind everything? Yes. He'd be like, oh, oh that evil man who keeps like. And he, you know what else? It's not only that he'd figure it out. He'd respect his rival. I respect <laughs> that. Um, I, you're, you're right about season four, actually, because that's the Tywin who's always teaching, you know, yes. educating Tommen on what makes a good yes. king. You see another side of him mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, wait, actually, is the realm kind of like in its best state? In the hands of Tywin? Now, at the end of the day, we should note that Tywin... It was a fluky thing that got him killed. Let's well, just put that... Well, 
Well, I was going to say, not only, very, did, very not only did his son kill him and his children constantly pulled the wool over his eyes, he also- <laughs> That was his blind spot. His kids were his blind spot. Going on and on yeah. and on about family legacy while the greatest star to his family, Arya Stark, is standing right there yeah. serving him mutton, never knew. So in that sense, you have to wonder. But still, really an unrivaled Although, strategist. again, even in that scene was like, you're I a northern something. girl. Yeah. Not only are you a northern girl- My lord. You're- of noble mm-hmm. birth. Like he sussed it out to an extent. And I agree with you. He sees his, the board. His big blind spot was his kids, but his kids are not going to be here in space with him. <laughs> Other contenders, though, one of his children would be in the mix here. I think you have to throw Tyrion out as a Tyrion pre full blown alcoholism. While Tyrion <laughs> is still getting laid. Right, yes. In the, the era of Thrones where Tyrion is still getting laid and While still the pressure had the was, full faculties. Right, the pressure was being released from the pipes and the machine was working as it was <laughs> he intended. Needs someone around him who's saying, cities make me want to fuck. Cities make me want to fuck. <laughs> Varys, and then he can get it done. Varys seasons one and two. I mean, you could go through season five with Varys. Sure. It's not until... It's not until the end game that Varys really loses touch. And then Littlefinger almost up to the end, really. Littlefinger up through season six. You have to remove season seven, Littlefinger. But the theme here, it's it's the schemers. The plotters. <laughs> what about Kyburn? Kyburn? No, Kyburn is a mess. <laughs> Kyburn is an absolute mess. I just want to dare you say it. Yeah, Kyburn. <laughs> and then Lady Elena. Yes, great one. Not only is she probably going to discover the truth, she's not going to feel compelled to let anybody know who doesn't deserve to know until the minute that she wants you to know. She's going to be able to land the perfect mic drop for the Palpy reveal. Couldn't agree more. You know who else I'll put in the consideration set here? A little bit of a curveball candidate. I'll throw out Samuel Tarly. Oh, nice. You give him access to material and he will find the truth. Also, not afraid to steal someone else's discovery you know, if it gets them where they need to 100% be. 100% true. And you Raga. know what? And he would absolutely get away with it because attribution and identification, <laughs> not a big thing in this world. I'll go one more. I think Sansa would find Sansa would be great. Sansa would figure it out. Late stage Sansa who learned how to play the game. Yeah, she would ha- catch the vibe immediately. She'd Stick. be like, wait a second, the guy <laughs> wearing the regal robes who keeps somehow accruing all the power? The second she laid eyes on Danny, she was like, I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. We would be remiss not to at least say that Bran as a three-eyed raven would just literally be able to find out. Yes, that's, well, would he? (laughs) He might never tell us. I mean, maybe if, you know. I'm going to go now. (laughs) Okay, number 15. Speaking of thrones. This one's for you, bud. I'm going to clear out here. Sure. At... Lightsaber metrics. It's a fun handle. Mm-hmm. Would the Anakin and Padme love scenes, and love is in quotation marks, <gasps> be made more or less awkward by a Lucas and R.R. R. Martin collaborative rewrite? What might one of those George on George writing sessions sound like? Thanks. I'll take my answer off the air. Oh, hey, may the force be with you. Give us... The Cinnamon Wind featuring Anakin and Padme oh instead of Gilly and Sam. <laughs> they tumbled together down the hill in the grasslands of Naboo. Hell yeah. The shocks chewing grass and moaning in the backgrounds. 
Anakin's also chewing grass, and Padme's moaning. Oh, oh, Annie, Annie, we can't. We mustn't. We mustn't do this. I am a senator. You are a Jedi. Is that your lightsaber poking against my hip? Padme, from the moment I met you all those years ago, not a day has gone by when I haven't thought of you. Now that I'm with you again, I'm in agony. His purple mast, engorged with blood, pressed painfully against the robes, which were coarse and rough, like the sand he hated. That's it. That's enough. Is it? It is. I can't do this. <laughs> Stay tuned for 15 seconds from now when he does it again yeah, in the kicker. You can feel the heat. <laughs> the heat from somewhere down below burning him like a fire. <laughs> I hate you, he said, but I love you. <laughs> the heat intensifying now, pulsating. incredible love it all right friends yes we don't want to cause you pain we don't just like we keep telling isaac lee and zach cram our indispensable producer and researcher we hope that you had as much fun as we did today that you're as excited as we are to hop back into the speeder continue to explore the galaxy with us and that you'll join us again next time for our deep dive into star wars episode three revenge of the sith until then remember if you're suffering as much as we are please tell us Misunderstanding this is. You're going to have to come with us downtown. I'm sorry, uh, Master Yoda, but we've heard your comments about Jar Jar, and we're just going to have to ask you to. Am I being detained? Am I? Sir, you did say, and I'm paraphrasing now, the mind of a child. Yes, I okay. I said that. I did. But context, I think, is lost. No, it's not really. You just. Listen, let go of the armchair. Take your claws out of the armchair and just come downtown with us for a bit. We just want you to answer some questions.